Hello and welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. I'm Ross. And I am Gordon. So Gordon, what do you want to talk about this time? Well, I've been constantly fussing over which camera bag I should have at which particular time. Uh Uh-oh, that sounds like you mean more than one. I think that has become the guiding light in my life. One camera bag is never going to rule them all. Yeah. I think if we went downstairs to the studio storage area, (laughs) we might discover I agree with that. (laughs) There's probably more than a dozen down there. Uh, And why? Because no one of them does everything that I need. And I don't consider myself all that sophisticated in terms of carton gear around. So, where would you start in counseling people on how to select a camera bag? Um, I think we've touched on this before, that if you can define why and what, what you're carrying or why you want to carry it, you can then define what your camera bag should be for that case usage. Okay, fair enough. So give me some examples of what you're thinking about. Well, if you were going to be doing street photography, your camera bag would be pretty minimalistic. If you were going to be doing an exo extended landscape photography trip, you'd probably carry more stuff. And when I think about it uh, over the years, you, you need to consider how much gear are you going to carry? How big is the gear that you're going to carry? How much protection do you need for that gear? And how quickly do you need to be able to get at it? almost sounds like some of those things would be contradictory to each other. Absolutely they are. Yeah, I I have to agree. Sometimes we'll err on the side of protection to the point that getting at the gear is near impossible. And when the gear is hard to get to, I don't know about you, but I'm probably less inclined to try to use it. Oh, yes. Absolutely. So... Thinking use case, you mentioned street, you mentioned landscape, wildlife, portraiture. If I'm going to go do a a series of corporate headshots, there's gear I'm going to need for that. But there's also going to be a lot of stuff I don't need. Mm -hmm. So that use case argument makes a lot of sense. When you go out to do birds, for example. Do you take everything you own? No. Why not? Uh, My evaluation of that situation would be, well, birds are going to be something that are not going to be close to me. They're going to be small. They're going to be fast. And... uh, if I need stability, it has to be 
a different form of stability than what I would use for a landscape shot. And this has all got to get tied together. So the chances are that I would carry perhaps a long lens. I would carry um, a sturdy tripod if I was going to use a tripod. Many would not. Uh, I would have the, the head on the tripod as being different. Um, but I don't need a lot of the other stuff. I don't need small lenses. I don't need macro lenses. I don't need wide-angle lenses. But I'm going for birds. And if any of those other opportunities arise, chances are good that I'm not going to get them. So you think it's perfectly reasonable that when you plan for your shoot and you pack your gear in whatever bag type you're going to use, it's okay that you may not get every shot because you can't take every piece of kit with you. I think that's a given. Yeah, and I don't know that everybody thinks that way. You know, having spent some time counseling people in a retail environment, you know, the first question that I hear sellers ask is, well, how many lenses do you have? And how many bodies do you have? Oh, well, you're going to need this. And this, when fully loaded, is going to weigh possibly 25 to 30 pounds, maybe more. Oh, and look, you can attach your tripod to it. And you could also attach a sink and perhaps a bathtub. <laughs> yes, and that's something that I didn't mention in all those things, is you can consider how much and how big and everything else, but you have to factor in what can you do? Because if you can't lift the bag, then you obviously need some other form of transportation device. Right. Wheels, I mean, if you, perhaps. If you're going on a hike and you're going to be climb, going on on normal terrain, so not paved or not a pre-cut trail, all that weight's going to be on you. Plus, mm -hmm. you're compensating for unlevel ground. And even if you're wearing you know, good supportive boots or whatever, the chances of slipping and falling are greater. And the more weight that's on you, the more likely it's going to be to pull you down and maybe even land first with you following behind it on top of it. So uh, there's a potential for damage that. there. Yeah, <laughs> been there. Didn't like it. Wasn't fun. Don't want that Happy Meal again. I, have, I agree with you. So if we take the approach that you're proposing is to pack for the shoot, which is being planful. That means that there are things you're not going to take, and that has to be a conscious decision. Am I hearing you right? Yes, absolutely. So is that easy? It gets easier. How does it get easier? Well, you start getting smarter, I think, after a while, and you realize that uh, well, I, I I can do without these, mm -hmm. and you learn to live with it. So have you ever been on a shoot where you packed stuff that you're pretty sure you're going to need that you got back and realized you never, ever looked at it? Yes, frequently. I have to say it's the same thing for me. I was pretty darn certain that I was going to need this particular lens focal length or this particular speed of lens or more than one flash. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll take three flashes into the field. Mm 
but I didn't take light stands or straps or platypods. What the hell was I thinking? <laughs> yeah, you got the flashes, but you got nowhere to put them. So. I got no place to put them, and I'm mobile. You know, I'm not setting up a studio shot. So while I know how to use multiple lights and I enjoy it, it's not practical for that particular shoot. And that requires, for me at least, the discipline to say no. Boy, that's tough. Yeah, it, 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 it is tough. And uh, just as an example, just the other day, I mean, I'm talking about this now, but just the other day we were out for a shoot and... Uh, Give me a second here. No problem. Yeah. Uh, we were out for a shoot, and I had carried, uh, this case, again, a conscious decision of what I thought I would need. And I got to the area where we were shooting, and I said, well, I've got this camera, and I've got this lens, and I've got this other camera, and this other lens. And it, it basically boiled down to I used one camera and one lens pretty much the entire day. Yeah, I've done that myself. I've gone out into the, in, you know, with an intentional shoot, going to a place like near where we live, uh, there's a place called Black Creek Pioneer Village. I love to go photograph there. And there are lots of photographic opportunities. But I have to say the last time I went, I took my Hasselblad and five lenses just in case I saw something. <laughs> Not the only thing I can really remember seeing is a big bottle of Advil. <laughs> when I got home from my back, and there's nothing wrong with the camera, nothing wrong with the lenses, but I did myself a disservice. First off, by packing too much, and probably secondly, by buying a bag that let me pack too much and <laughs> still carry it with me. Because I, I think that there are two things. I think there's storage. Yes. For your gear or easily tra easy transport for a lot of gear where transport probably involves a cart and a car. And then there's the other part where you're actually walking around with the camera and your lenses and your kit in the bag. And, you know, you and I talked about this before. There's always something more than just the camera and the lenses. Mm-hmm. Like for me, there always is going to be a flash. Yes. Always. But it doesn't even have to be something like that. The last time we were together, you showed me a new filter that you got. Oh, okay, so you're going to carry a filter. Oh, but that filter needs a filter holder. Yes. And that means it needs mounting rings. Yes. And I probably want to be able to clean that filter. Because yes. I don't know about you, but it'll be pristine right until the moment I need to use it, <laughs> at which point it will have a big fingerprint on it. So I'm going to need lens cleaner and a proper cloth that's not going to turn the filter into a diffraction grid by scratching it to pieces. So that means I'm going to need a cloth and it's going to be, need to be in a bag and I'm probably going to want a blower and maybe a dust brush and perhaps three or four small people who are willing to carry all this crap for me. No, wait, they don't exist. <laughs> The idea of the personal shreve is long dead. So I think some of the things that you talked about, what am I going to carry? What is really necessary? What would be nice, but I can live without? You know, so for example, I used to always take a macro lens. Yep. 
and come home and realize I'd never put it on the camera. Right. So now if I'm going to go out and shoot close-up work, that's what I'm going to shoot. Right. And I'm going to take the macro lens and either a ring light or an off-camera flash, some extension tubes and a tripod, and that's about it. Yep. The rest of the stuff, however great it is, is going to stay home. Because that's not the same time that I'm going to go, oh, look, there's an eagle, and all I need is my 502 times <laughs> teleconverter and a gimbal head for my tripod. I can't carry all that stuff. Right. And nobody else can. So I suspect that your argument is that there are multiple bags. One will likely accumulate over time. Yes. So why don't you start us off with some of the options? Well, the options are innumerable. Uh, And each of them has its positives and its negatives. Uh, and uh, a lot of it depends on uh, those other factors that I mentioned how much gear uh, how much protection do you need and how quickly do you need to get to that Uh, so based on that uh, the choices are you can start with an over the uh, a shoulder bag okay Generally, they fall into two categories. There's either the shoulder camera bag or what has come to be known as a messenger bag, which is a shoulder bag that may or may not have some compartments in it, but does usually have some degree of padding to protect the gear. Okay. So back in the olden days, when I started out, I had a a shoulder bag, but it was a camera bag. Mm-hmm. designed by uh, a great news-gathering photographer named Jim Domkey. Yes. And it was made out of canvas, and it held up under all manner of horror show conditions. It didn't have a whole lot of padding. It actually used the equipment in little cotton sleeves against okay. itself mm-hmm. to keep things from moving around. And the great thing about it was you could carry a lot of stuff, but not too much stuff. Right. Messenger bags, though, they're not the same. They tend to be narrower, right? Yes. Do you have any experience with them? Um, I borrowed one once, and from everything I had read about this, it was um, probably better than anything from before slice bread. Oh. Uh, it, it, Every review read I read told me how it was wonderful. And I took it home and I worked for four hours to try and get the gear I thought I needed into that bag and it was not going. I think I know which bag you're talking about because I, I might have been I might have been the one who loaned it to you. Yeah, I, I have to confess, that's been my experience with messenger bags too. They uh, they may look pretty trendy. Uh, but, man, you can't pack anything in them. And when you want to get something out of them, it's like an unpacking exercise. You know, everything has to come out to get the one thing you want. Uh, I know some folks love them, but I don't. And I also found in that case the strap was too short, so it was always pulling down one shoulder. Right. 
I personally like a strap that goes across the body if you're going to carry any kind of weight. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to be walking funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and more prone to drop something or have something fall. <clears throat> what else do you th- see about those types of bags? Um, well, the, gear, the amount of gear you can actually put into them is, is limited. Um, the, the weight is generally coming on one shoulder. And though they, they may hold all your gear, by the time the day is done, either your back or your shoulder or your hips or your knees, something is going to tell you you shouldn't have done that. In my case, I think it's all of them. <laughs> They're uh, quite quite happy to, uh, body parts are happy to own. By the way, guys, if you are hearing yowling in the background, um, I was away on business and I came home to a new cat. Oh. And that's uh, Jellybean telling us that he is not happy about not being here knocking stuff over <laughs> while we are recording this episode. So don't worry, nothing's being tortured. He's just annoyed. <laughs> now, there's a, another type of bag that falls in that small, you know, sort of compact thing. And I recall when I was, you know, doing that retail work, uh, these things were, again, you know, the solution to world hunger and everything else, and that's the sling. Yes. Um, I can't get anything in them. <laughs> but, uh, and I'm using full-frame cameras. Maybe it was. it's better with a, a smaller mirrorless, like a Micro Four Thirds that you have. I did find a sling that would work with my Leica, as long as I only wanted to carry the camera, the body. You know, the body, one lens and one more lens. Yes. No flash. Oh, makes me nervous. What, what are your thoughts on the slings? Uh, again, um, I read about a particular sling, and the way it was presented, I felt this was the answer to all my needs when I was on a bicycle or on a short hike. And it would have been if I had lived within the recommendations of the bag. And I, I, I think that's a that's a valid point because uh, the makers of the bag are very specific about what can go in that bag and what can't. Right. And if your ideas are different, you're out of luck. So really you've got to follow the, the guidance of the bag manufacturer as to its <coughs> usability. And if you try to stray from that, you're probably going to be disappointed. Yes, exactly. And I was. Yeah, I can understand that. I've been there um, to some extent myself. When you do find one and you use it well, like in the context of its design, as I do for the Leica, it is a really nice system. And it doesn't scream, camera bag, please steal me. Right. Um, And and while we are not sponsored by anybody, uh, you'll notice on the website that I only advertise one brand of bag. Right. And that's Think Tank. Yes. Um, and for me, their their tools work great. Please understand, there's all kinds of good bags out there. I just happen to find that I've never, ever had an issue with one of theirs. And in the case of the sling, that's the bag I'm, I'm using. Uh, but only for the Leica. It's too small for anything else. Yeah, and I, I think the big point uh, for me with the sling is um, when I got my head around carrying what I should be carrying and not everything else, uh, 
it does allow me to get at my gear fairly quickly. Uh, it does protect it. It's heavily padded on most sides. Uh, it carries, if you listen to what was recommended, enough. And uh, for an active person, it's great for jumping across rocks and climbing onto bikes and well, pretty much anything else. And for a non-active person, it's perfect for a museum or an art gallery. Absolutely. Um, that's really where I find the greatest use. Sure. Or for street work, because it's unobtrusive. Yes. And I'm not carrying 50 pounds of gear if I'm going to do that. And I mean, that's the beauty of using a rangefinder camera. Right. They're very small. They're very quiet. I mean, your mirrorless cameras are considerably smaller than the full-size DSLRs or the Hasselblad. Um, and you're not going to go to subtle street work with something that's the size of a small human. But I can see that there's a, there's a lot of value to the sling so long as you use it in the context of what the manufacturer said it was designed to do. Correct. Okay. Now, I have to ask you your opinion because uh, I've seen some of these Wild West gunslinger guys with their cameras on holsters and clips and all manner of things. And all I can ever think about is... So that's hanging right off your hip. So the first doorway you're going through, something's going to get smacked. Mm. And I've seen it happen. I haven't done it myself because I know enough from another discipline that putting all that weight on your hip for eight hours is going to make your back, put your back in really bad shape. Yep. What's your thoughts on that? Um, never, I've used a holster, but I've used a holster on my shoulder with a cross shoulder strap. Right. And I use it now predominantly for protection. And again, you're back to the, the prior statement we made is that if your camera and lens is within the confines of what that bag was designed for, yes, it would do what it does. But it'll carry one camera, and it'll carry one lens, and maybe a few odds and sods tucked in here and there. Right, and if you're thinking of perhaps the think tank holsters in that case. Yes. Rather than the clip-on types like the spider or whatever I, other mechanisms there are. Uh, I have no experience with, uh, with the spider. I have, however, used uh, a clip-on... <coughs> uh, uh, attachment that is designed uh, by another camera ma bag manufacturer and uh, I don't like it on my hip because the camera sticks out way too far and there's no way that I can find to make it sit elegantly on your hip so your comment about a door frame perfect and these things are they're, they're not easy to lock in they're not necessarily easy to unlock. I, I, I remember meeting a guy who had practiced a lot so he could speed draw his camera from his spider holster. For a clumsy oaf like me, that just means I could get it <laughs> off the clip fast enough to throw it across the room. Uh, yeah, I, I, I understand that they may look cool, but usability, it's pretty useless because you can't carry anything else. Yes. 
and they're a pain in the butt to get cameras and lenses out of if you want them in a hurry because of how they unzip or open if it's a zip type holster. Yes, yeah, so if you're not in a hurry, it'll it'll work. It'll keep your camera safe, yep. but it's not that fast to get at. No, and if you're going to put more pouches on the belt, well, then you're going to well, need then a you've belt. Defeated the purpose, and then you're going to need a harness because otherwise, it's going to pull your hips out of alignment, and you've defeated the purpose. So, yeah. But the the clip that I was talking about uh, that will either fit in your belt or can be attached to the shoulder strap of a backpack, for instance. Mm-hmm. I think that has value, as long as your camera is not too large. So are you thinking of like the Peak Design clip system? Yes. Yeah, it's really nicely engineered, but I can't use it on any of my DSLRs because they all have battery grips. Right. And then it's just an enormous amount of bulk. Um, just doesn't work for me. Yes. So I use it as a uh, additional, because frequently I'm carrying a... Uh, like you said, micro four thirds, but a small micro four thirds, and I may just have a very small macro lens on it. Right. And that is attached to that clip, and it's out of my way, but if I want it in a hurry, or even not in a hurry, I just want to be able to get it without putting my bag down and doing everything else. Um, yeah, it works. It locks and well, it unlocks easily. But again, stay within the confines of what what it's designed, designed to do. I think, that, I think that's more than fair. Now, one of the things that, you know, having been robbed of camera gear um, in Barcelona, or Barcelona, no. um, yeah, just don't. Uh, because it took literally under five seconds. And I don't, I wasn't wearing anything that said, expensive camera, please steal. Right. And one of the things that irks me to no end are manufacturers who make, who include camera straps with all this embroidery and bright colors, and they just say, look, here's 3000 or $4,000. Come on and grab it. What do you do for straps? Um, my straps don't have any, any identification on them. Um, there's a bit of an aside to that, which you won't get into just now, but I, just out of convenience, I sometimes use a strap that came with something I had for uh, stringing an additional piece of equipment around my neck, but that's neither here nor there because anybody can see I'm I've got that hanging around my neck, so it doesn't matter what strap is attached to it. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, <clears throat> uh, the straps that I use are generally not the ones made by the company. Um, I use them as a means of getting to my camera gear now. Right. So... <clears throat> If I'm walking along a trail, for instance, I will have my most of my camera gear stowed away in whatever contraption I happen to be using at this point in time. But the camera I'm most likely to use will be hanging at my side with an instantaneously accessible strap attached to it. 
Okay, I think I, I think I am aligned with that. Uh, I'll be very specific. I've gone through all kinds of different straps over the decades, and I keep coming back to a narrow strap mm-hmm. because what it allows me to do is put the camera over my shoulder with the lens in poking in behind the small of my back. Right. So the body is resting at my side. It's not swinging in front of me. It's not bouncing off my gut or my chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've chosen a, a strap from Think Tank, um, which bears a stunning resemblance to an old Nikon strap I have from <laughs> 1978, except for the colors, and it doesn't say Nikon on it. Right. Uh, and certainly one of my uh, instructors, when I went to the Nikon school back in the early days, he advocated the narrow strap, and I got in the habit of using it, and it worked really well. The only downside I find with those narrower straps is if I'm carrying a lot of weight. Yes. Um, and then it might slip. You know, I, I don't have that, uh, I don't have that those perfect shoulders that go up. Oh, you too, huh? Yeah, <laughs> no, mine tend to go down. And straps can slip. And there is a strap out of Florida called the Upstrap that uses a very sticky rubber pad, and otherwise the strap is quite narrow. And if I'm using carrying a long lens mounted on the body, I'll attach the Upstrap to the lens mount uh, using a bracket. All of it. Using a bracket system. I use really right stuff brackets. You can use whatever you want. But I can carry a 500 F4 that way with a camera attached to it, with a big camera, with a motor grip, uh, or a 300-2.8. You know, and that, the upstraps are really, really great for that heavy weight where I want the camera strap on my shoulder, not around my neck. Right. Because I don't like things around my neck, and for me, that's a great opportunity to drive it into something and do some damage. You know, I, I have to assume that I'm going to screw up at some point, and I don't need this giant pendulum swinging around. Uh, so for me, those are those are my two choices. And goodness knows, I've tried all manner of other ones. You know, seat belt webbing, <coughs> and it's got I don't know what the stuff is. It looks like dried bath bathtub sealant, you know, in squiggly lines, and none of them hold very well. No. Uh, I, I've decided that my anatomy is not suited to a strap uh, on the same side that my camera is going to be. Right. It has to go over my over my head, and it's got to come cross chest. Otherwise, the camera is going to finish up on the floor. Right. Now, in that case, things like a sling strap can work really well. A sling strap for me is the only kind I would use. Right. So, for example, we've gone to shoot rodeo, and I'm carrying two bodies. Yep. Um, I like the double-sided black rabbit sling okay. because it's got a great harness that sits in the small of your back and it's got two different shoulder pads, one for each side. And the sling, the cameras don't fly around, you know, like vestigial wings. Yes. And they're all both very easily accessible. Yes. So long as you don't do something stupid and put too much weight on the end because then you're just going to be sore. Yes. Um, but I like the slings, and particularly for female shooters, uh, Black Rabbit is actually intelligent enough to build a strap that's built for it's a woman's configured form. For the, yes. it, it's configured for the female form because <clears throat> women have breasts, yes. and most men don't. 
And, you know, having that strap cause pain. And I've had a lot of women students who said, yeah, this just is crap unless I go to something special. And most of them have been very, very happy with the Black Rapid Sling because it's built for a woman. Mm -hmm. And so it should be. So I, I tried uh, a black rabbit uh, once, and I loved, I loved the strap. It had one big drawback. What's that? It is held onto the camera by a screw that has to lock into the tripod socket. Right. If you use a tripod frequently, you're not going to like that strap very much. No, that's, that's true, but I have a workaround to that. Okay. Um, because I had a couple of concerns. First, I found that that mounting screw would loosen off over time. Uh, yep. Uh, and I actually had a Lumix GF1 unscrew from the strap at the uh, Aerospace Museum out in Seattle. And it went bounce. Oops. Uh, and then rolled under uh, the chrome version of the SR71, where humans are not supposed to be crawling but I did because I wanted to get my camera back. Um, so I found a solution for that, and it's blue Loctite. Okay. Um, and I recommend that anytime you're going to screw anything into the camera and you don't want it to readily come off, right? Um, you can release it with just a little bit of force, but it, it does a pretty good job. What I've done for the Black Rapids, specifically for the dual sling, um, on my cameras, I use L-brackets. Okay, yes. So an L-bracket goes across the bottom and up one side. Makes it really easy to flip the camera from landscape to portrait mode when it's on a tripod. Yep. It uses an Arca-Swiss dovetail. And so I just got an Arca-Swiss dovetail clamp that I attached to the end of the Black Rapid sling. So now I can clamp. It's a very fast-release clamp, and... For example, if we're shooting sports like football or hockey or even rodeo, the lens foot is what goes on the tripod or the monopod, mm -hmm. and the foot's long enough that I can leave the strap attached and still mount it to the oh, head. Okay. So Arca-Swiss brackets are a solution for that. That can work very, very well. But, hey, guess what? Weighs more. Yep. Takes a little bit more space. And there's the cost of the L-bracket. Yes. And for me, it's perfectly makes perfect sense to buy the right L bracket for my camera, but let's not get ourselves really right stuff is probably the best kit out there and has a price tag to go with it. it. Plus you can't buy it in the stores, you have to order it direct from them. So yep. a consideration that people need to think about. Yep. But I do highly recommend it if that's the way you're gonna go. Um You talk about quick-release anchors yes. a little bit. Um, obviously, there's the concern about something taking up that one-quarter-twenty hole that the tripod mounting plate needs to go into. Yep. Uh, if you're not using an Arca-Swiss head like we just talked about. Yes. Um, but there are other quick-releases that let you get the strap out of the way very fast when you don't want to hang up on something, like when the camera's on the tripod. Um, any that you particularly like? 
Uh, I can't say that I particularly like because I only have one to go with, and um, that again is a Peak Designs um, system. Uh, it's a set of uh, flexible um, anchor that just. Uh, I, I don't even know what to call them. It's a, it's an ankle loop of a flexible uh, material that uh, slides through and and locks in locks in place. And generally, it comes with um, a quick release, um, a quick release plate, which is designed with spaces around the four corners of it, so that you can put your quick release. Uh, anchors through those. I I find them useful because then I can attach uh, my my camera can actually be attached to me by any one of or by any combination of either hanging around my neck or hanging off the side or like a conventional camera. But I also got sneaky. I buy the anchors. You can get them in packets of four, mm-hmm. and using zip ties, I keep all kinds of things attached to them. There you go. I have them attached to my tripods. I've got the what I referred to earlier was having uh, <clears throat> a strap from uh, something I had before. It's got the got the locking mechanism installed on the. Uh, on the strap, so I can now carry. I've got two cameras hanging off one off each each shoulder. I've got my tripod, also suspended by these systems around my oh. neck, so that I can. Well, it's just carrying it horizontally, and I can rest my hand on it. I can do what I want to do. Sometimes I even use it as a bracket for stabilizing my camera if I'm shooting through the LCD. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I use, so I use that system for a lot of things that they weren't quite designed for. Well, I'm going to throw a vote behind that Peak Design Anchor system as well. Um, I use them. Um, I've put the, I guess the the locking clip that the anchor discs go into yeah. on the end of all my uh, think tank straps. Right. So it's very easy to get the strap off the camera. Yes. Because I'm a klutz, and if I've got a strap on the camera or on the lens and it's on a tripod, I'll find a way to hook it and try to pull it over. Yep. So that's handy. Done that. That's handy for me. But I also use the uh, Peak Design um, hand strap that goes between the camera body and, and around my right hand. And again, it's put on with those anchors as well. So, Because if you've ever tried to take one of those things off in a hurry... And that's a major pain in the butt. <laughs> but the anchors make it really quick. And like you, I've Rube Goldberg did a little bit <laughs> so I can get more than one anchor through a, uh, a strap link. So I can have a neck strap and a, re- and a hand strap and, st- and also have one on the bottom of an L plate to hold on to something sure. else. Um, they are very good and... I will say that the quality of that material, whatever it is. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, it's surely not just nylon. It's really no, tough. No, it's not. It, it'll hold a lot of weight, and it doesn't fray. 
And goodness knows I've done a bunch of stuff that would cause it to fray. And it's also impressive, I think, that they, they thought of that. And it doesn't fray, but it does wear. Yes, and it will. And if it wears, the, whatever is inside it is a different color from what's on the outside of it. So if you start seeing yellow around your, your anchor, it's time to get a new one because that one's going to break. Yeah, and as you say, I, I do the same thing as you. I buy them in bulk because then I can have one anywhere. And if it does start to show its age, it's pretty cheap to replace the anchor. Sure. I don't have to buy a whole new system. No, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and that's what Peak does call them. They call them the anchors, and I think they are great and definitely recommend them to anybody who uses any kind of strap. Um, you can get the end, the anchors in an end kit. You don't have to buy a Peak Design strap mm-hmm. if you don't want one. And their straps tend to be the wide seat belt webbing. Um, I'm sure they work great for some people. For me, they're extra slippery, fall off all the time. Um, Which takes me back to the strap goes around my neck. Right. Oh, goes on the opposite shoulder. Right. And cross chest. Now, I've seen guys, and I actually was given one um, by the supplier. It doesn't happen very often. I try not to accept promotional materials because somebody might expect something in return and I can't make up a story about something that doesn't work for me. And this was a plate that was in a harness and it sat in the front of my chest with this locking thing where, which took up the tripod mount Mm kind of permanently. It was a kind of an obtuse thing and held the camera right on my chest uh, and they also had a a belt mount one as well. Right. And I will say that the camera would come in and out of that system pretty easily. But I don't know. It doesn't work for me. Um, that weight on my uh, pressing down on my sternum doesn't work. I don't like the holster. Uh, and again, all my cameras have battery grips, so the thing's sticking out in the front of my body by nine right. inches and the long lens on it is swinging like a pendulum um i know they exist i know some folks love them but i just can't see it because all it carries is a camera and a lens plus yes. i'm all kitted up and now i'm hot yep so for people who uh, again keeps going back to that first point that if what you're using uh, if you're staying within the restrictions that they tell you to use on them, yeah, it probably works. Everything probably works. It's when you start stepping outside the box that you start running into trouble. Yeah, it's definitely, I can't recommend them um, if your camera uses a battery grip. Maybe if you've got a small body, no battery grip, and a small lens, it would be okay. Um, but again, I've, I've seen people use them on their hip. I know a guy, he's a wonderful fellow, and he's got it on the hip, and the number of times I've watched him bounce that camera off the edge of something because mm-hmm. it's hanging off his hip, you know, I feel bad. It's it's not a uh, uh, it's not a good tool. The accessibility is great, except for the damage <laughs> and the discomfort. Uh, and I can say that they don't work well with heavy bodies at all. 
um, which appears to be about all I have. And that probably leads us into what is the most popular type of carrying system as of right now. Okay. And that's the backpack. Yep. I'm a backpack fan. Me too. The only thing I've learned from the backpack is the biggest one is the wrong choice. Uh, yep. Because I can load everything in it. Yep. You know, I've got transport roller bags for traveling through airports, but that's something very different. And now I have to be careful because I don't want to check anything because I'll never see it again. Mm-hmm. Or I'll see it in a bag of parts, and uh, the airlines don't like don't want you to take anything on the plane. So I have found a bag of a rolling backpack from Think Tank that fits under seats and goes in the overhead, and it's just about perfect. Um, and it won't hold everything I own. Yes, which, I, I, which I, is I, that's a darn an, good That's thing. an important point, because if you got the space, you will put something in. Yeah, I, I like them because they distribute the weight very well. I'm not tired at the end of the day. Uh, this one has a, uh, a, it's not optional, it's built in. I just may not use it, a, a, web, a belt right? Uh, that would keep it from flopping around. I, don't, I haven't had that problem. And the wheels are recessed on it, so they're not digging into my spine. Right. But when you're dragging a bag, through, you know, and other bags through an airport or to the rental car place, those wheels are wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's got that extensible drag-along handle. Right. Um, and again, my bag of choice comes from Think Tank. Uh, I'm sure there are others. I don't know what they are. Uh, yeah, there's just so many people. I mean, there's so many no. people doing, doing <clears throat> bags. Um and it seems like every time uh, you open uh, uh, anything photographic, you will find somebody writing a review of the newest and the greatest and the best, which it usually isn't, but... I wonder if these people have actually ever used this stuff. <clears throat> I mean, there's so few independent journalists doing reviews anymore. Mostly it's all paid influencers. And a paid influencer is paid to influence you to buy stuff. exactly. I don't know where you go to believe what you read or what you see anymore. Other than to go to the store and buy one and try it. And a lot of times these days, that's a hassle because the stores have no stock. Yeah. Uh, It becomes a special order and you can't. And you can't return it. I don't know. In, in in the reading, I sort of get a sense of the person that's writing it. Mm. And um, if, if they have been writing about other things pertaining to their photographic lifestyle, you, you get a sense of whether they know wherewith they speak or not. I think that's probably true for you. I don't know that it's true for the new, for the new shopper. Yes, who may not have had that that's level correct. of experience. I, I know for this site alone, I probably get six emails a week offering me money to allow some organization 
to do a paid post. Right. They'll pay me to post on our site because we've earned a little bit of credibility with folks. And I can't do it because I don't know what they're going to try and sell. Sure. Uh, and I want editorial control. Now, the only downside uh, to backpacks, I guess, is ease of access. Yeah, take it off. Well, uh, there are makers who claim to produce backpacks that you don't have to take off, and 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 these these are reputable makers, and they demonstrate how it can be done. Uh, you slip an arm out, and you can rotate the bag around, and let it hang from the front, and sling a strap around your neck to keep it open. I tried all that. Doesn't work. I honestly, I've never tried one of those rotation packs. I just couldn't see, you know, with my size and shape, I couldn't see how this could ever possibly work well for me. I, I think I'm probably at the point now where I can get the backpack off, open, get the kit I want out, and have the backpack back on faster than I could rotate it and risk dropping crap all over the ground. I, I, think, you, I think you're right. Um, uh, with a little bit of practice, uh, you develop your own style of using a backpack. <clears throat> Takes a little bit of thought, a little bit of ingenuity sometimes. But you can get to a stage where you can swing that pack off and down onto the ground. And some are designed so that they lie on the ground so that the straps are not getting all mucked up. And you can, uh, you can access them from the back. And <clears throat> it's... Uh, you get very accustomed to it. Right. And I've gone through a, a phase, well, many phases, where <clears throat> I, I try to say, okay, I'm uh, just going to carry this and this and this and this, and I'll take this back. And I always come home and say, why were you such a twit? Why didn't you just take your backpack in the first place, except the fact that it's going to be a little bigger than what you think you're going to put in it, but just take the back and get it over with. Yeah, and you don't have to fill it every time. No. And it's certainly more comfortable. The weight, if you do it right, goes on your hips, not on your shoulders. Yeah. And you can. there's no rush to get things out of it. You can put it down. You can make up your mind. You can extract things. You can install your lens properly and then carry on. I have to agree, and the other thing I like about them is if I don't overpack, um, again, uh, I, I probably sound like an ad for Think Tank Photo, but they make these little zip mesh bags, mm -hmm. and I bought a bunch of them, and a bunch of their red whip ties, elastic okay. ties, and I just put a big piece of white duct tape on the front, and I write on it with black marker what this is, so I've got a flash go bag. I've got a filter go bag. I've got a battery bag. And the nice thing about them is that they're flexible, right? And I right. can throw them in the front pocket of the backpack, or I can throw them in a lens compartment that I intelligently decided not to fill because I wasn't going to use it. So I think there's, I think there's opportunities there. Yeah, uh, to, to take up on your, your point of, the, of these zippered bags 
I, I looked at the price of some of them and I uh, decided I didn't want to spend that money. So I have to admit I've resorted to Ziploc bags. Ziplocs work. Oh, yeah. They work. And if they fall apart, well, fine. I can get another one. <laughs> I just like the, uh, I, I like the mesh because <sighs> crap gets in them. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like him. But I don't want to. I don't want no, to buy it. No, and I expect. And again, I said I bought Think Tank. I, I'm sure there are alternatives out there. Sorry, I, I, I'm laughing, guys, because one of the cats here has decided that Gordon's microphone is exactly where it wants to stand, <laughs> and uh, he's getting a full view of the cast cat's best side and now it's lying down on his work notes so that's handy yeah uh which probably tells us we're getting close <laughs> to time <laughs> yeah so i i have to admit back backpacks for me uh, are the way to go and and i think uh, i'll just j- jump in here for a minute uh, i think we should perhaps mention that having a secondary pack a bag mm-hmm which doesn't have to be big, just has to be whatever. But something that you gives you a place to put your lens cap or your lens hood or maybe a cable release or your wet cloth, something that you don't want to keep taking your backpack off for all the time. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you completely. I know you've got like a canvas messenger bag to do yes. that sort of stuff with. I had two really good uh, canvas messenger bags that I received back in the early 80s from Nikon. Um, my wife stole them both because she uses them to carry stuff. Right. Uh, and they're unstructured, so you can put all kinds of things in them. Right. Um, and they're very easy. For me, I'm, I've, I'm past the point where I care if people think I look like an idiot. Um, the Domkey photo vest does all that for me. Right. It's got pockets. I can get at them. I can zip them closed. A couple of them are uh, waterproof. So if I've got a wet cloth, for example. Right. Like one might need at the rodeo. Yes. Um, they're terrific. But I absolutely agree. A secondary small bag. Yes. Or mechanism to hold your kit is probably a really good idea. Um, beyond the bag that you're going to carry your camera gear in. So, as we wrap up, what's your go-to configuration when you go in the field? Um, I have a smallish backpack. Uh, designed by a subsidiary of uh, Think Tank. Um, And uh, they design bags that are made for outdoor active photographers. My understanding is Think Tank deals with the urban photographer uh, Mindshift, which is the other company, makes gear that is designed for the outdoor active photographer. So I go with their backpack. It's a small one, uh, and it's narrow and fits my body. I can't fit too much in it, so I have to think about what I'm taking. Uh, 
I've given up on the concept of carrying my camera in a backpack because if I put a camera in there, I'm not going to carry anything else. So the camera follows my principle of keeping the active camera available at your side all the time on a strap. I've got my accessory bag. And uh, that's pretty much it, I think. Yeah, I think I, I can't say that I'm a lot different. You know, I've got my vest or some other mechanism to carry the ancillary pieces, my think tank, roller backpack. Camera goes in it for when it's being transported. Right. But as soon as I get to the place where I'm going to be photographing, it's out and it's on a strap. Right. Either across my body or hang off my shoulder, depending on the weight uh, that's involved. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the stuff's in the backpack. It's not that freaking hard to get it off and get stuff up, particularly when it's not overloaded. Yep. So, guys, as we uh, close in on an hour, our longest episode yet, we've taken a long walk through something that's absolutely critical. How do you transport your gear? And how do you make the right decisions on what type of transportation mechanism is going to work best for you? You know, a very large man with great musculature might choose something bigger than a smaller person would. <coughs> if you're not, you know, if you're going out to photograph birds, you may only need one or two lenses and maybe a teleconverter. You may not need every lens that Canon or Nikon or Olympus or Panasonic make. Mm-hmm. Pick, plan, and pick the right tools. And don't take the ones that you're never going to use. Right. That's hard. But it pays off. Yep. So thanks, Gordon. Um, really appreciate you taking the time and the thoughtfulness that you put in to the episode, as you always do. <laughs> so guys, thanks very much. This has been Make Better Photos and Videos. I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon. And until next time, well, we'll be back. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Take care.